You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 189, Catatonia. Hosted by Dan Terry. Sorry, I just realized my entire head was made of meat. Jeff Kane. For the Horde. And Joseph Wren. Dr. Ball. I'm a doctor, not a savage. This is a flu shot. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. Hey, Jeff, do you want to talk about Catatonia this week? Hell yeah, I do. Then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. He finally got his way. Welcome to Jeff the episode. Fucking time. Fuck. God, I'm so excited. Let me just unhook these reins. Hand these off to Jeff. I'm going to go sit in the fucking stagecoach and you drive, sir. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'll see you guys later. (laughs) (laughs) No, I need a little help on this. Uh, Six and a half hours later. Yeah, exactly. That's why I need a little help on this. I'll just keep rambling on. I'll keep you on track. Don't worry. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm pretty good on the the one cool thing about Catatonia is they are what I like to refer to as a vibe band. You're saying there's only one thing good about Catatonia. There's one good thing about Catatonia. No, no, there's I was not like the more one, than one. No, there's definitely more than one. But the one the one thing that really sticks out for me is the fact that they are you know they, there's vibes. They're so good to just put on and just listen and just go about your day. They just fill in the gaps so well. After this week, I completely agree. Yeah, they're it, you it's win. A lot, well, their their contemporaries are Opeth. I mean, and they and it it's very similar. I mean, hell, Michael's on one of the al- a, a few of the albums actually. So they actually predate Opeth by a couple of years. That was going to be my question: Is this where Opeth got the sound? Um, no, I don't. I I think they're just. Uh, it was kind of like uh, you had the whole Gothenburg scene, and there were some connections there. there. There's connections between Ketatonia and Opeth that. And I just think that, you know, just being contemporaries just allowed them to have a similar progression. It, it, I don't think it's just um, one copying off of another. I just think that they just happen to be doing the same thing at the same time because they're in association with the same people. It's one of those kind of things. You're influencing each other. I don't want to have another November's Doom episode where all we do is compare <laughs> the band to Opeth because I don't think that they sound like Opeth even at all. And not only that, but even whenever they have Michael fucking Ockerfeld himself singing on an album, it still doesn't sound like Opeth. You're not entirely correct because you're kind of wrong. The band has cosmetic similarities in the melodies, but that is not a bad thing. And after this week, I I agree with Jeff. The band is just good to listen to. Depending what on what I was no for, Dan, we can't hear that. You don't think they're good to listen to? I think they're great to listen to. I just I just don't want to compare them to Opeth. Well, this is an instant where it's kind of hard not to just because, like I said, they run, you know, the quote unquote run in the same circles. They run just, in the same circles, but they don't sound the same. Well, just like how the Gotham, you know, the melodic death metal bands of Gothenburg didn't right, but sound those exactly bands, the same either. But those bands kind of did sound the same. I'm saying that not Catatonia can, does not sound like Opeth musically at all. Oh, their later stuff. I completely disagree with you dan okay maybe the early stuff yeah i totally agree with you but they definitely matured into the same progressive genres i mean because they're just essentially they became a progressive rock band when it was all said and done yeah they both did they're both progressive rock bands now in in modern in 2020 they're both progressive rock bands Mm, i just don't hear it i'm sorry that's okay it's cool i mean i like the fact that we can have those disagreements and you know of course on this episode i am you know, I'm in a different city, <laughs> so I can't beat you up. 
whenever you say something that's wrong. I know where you live. I can come <laughs> over to your house and beat you up. It's fine. <laughs> I'll wear a mask. It'll be okay. Oh, please do. He's going to hog tie me. You're going to walk into the house with the... Impl- Damn it. I'm going to walk in there with a machete and be like, it's a brave murder day, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Is the Imperial March playing in this scenario? You have your respirator hooked up. That might be the worst joke I've ever made on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Not like content wise, but just, just, just bad. Well, before yeah, Jeff bad. writes the never ending story, Catatonia edition, I want to take this time oh, to say story? thank you to everyone for listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the discography discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Oh, we love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. And I got one for you right here. This is from uh, Viton. Well, it's Vito and... Okay, I'm just going to say Vitons, even though I know it's probably like Vito NS 80. (laughs) And uh, it says, the first album is better. Discovering new bands, Adam Ship, and new albums from bands I already dig that may have skipped over throughout the years. Soul Embrace for The Incomplete most recently. You're wrong about Constellations by August Burns Red, but otherwise great insights. Love, Vito. P.S. It's been 200-something episodes. Quit being scared and do Rush already. We're not quite at episode 200, but when we get there... I can't. I mean, I'm too scared. Can't just stop being scared. You do not want me on the Rush episode. Noted. I, well... Love Rush. Getty Lee can just shut the fuck up. There, that, there we go. There, there's my entire discography. Oh my god, dude! What the fuck? Can't stand his voice. Jeff, we've been trying to build you up all episodes so far, and now you're just gonna shoot down Getty Lee. I guess he doesn't like Yes either. No, I do like Yes. Then you're fucking wrong. What? Just because I Yes, vocalists on Yes are much better than Rush. There's no question about it. I'm not gonna say that they're better. But I said the vocalist. It just Musically, depends Rush on what song you're listening to. Rush has some pretty yeah. killer tracks. So does Yes. Rush has some meandering tracks. So does Yes. <laughs> uh, we could go on forever on this. And we have to talk we, about we, Catatonia we, we this episode. <laughs> yep. We, we definitely got to stop. You want to shout out our beloved patrons, Dan? Yeah, I'll do it. Why not? Because we love you guys. We want to shout you guys out for contributing to the podcast financially and helping us pay our podcast bills and get awesome microphones and all that good stuff. So I want to thank in this order, not really, there's no order. Brandon Miranda, Ken Zapla, tantalized Fungins, Jeremy Prince, Isaiah Eldridge, Josh Moser, David Brown, Samuel Woodward, Brian Dean, Kiki Kuti, do you love me? I do love you. Lance Alligood, the king of metal. Alexander, Patrick Asplund, and Jeffrey De Los Santos. The actual Mac. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate everything that you do for us, and we'll try to do more for you as time goes on. Do we have anything else that's going to prevent Jeff? from talking about Catatonia on this episode. I mean, I was going to read you 15 pages story. of story. Dis- you said never-ending story. I say we do a Lamal episode. We'll talk later. <laughs> What's happened to this podcast? All right, here we go. <laughs> it's finally happening. So, Jeff, tell me about Catatonia. 
Four oh. hours later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You might, you might have to have Dan do it just so I shut the fuck up. So Dan, no, they're a Catatonia is a uh, Swedish metal band formed in uh, Stockholm, Sweden, in 1991. Uh, Jonas and Anders Nyström. Uh, they started it. It started as a, a studio project, uh, as an outlet for a couple of dudes that just love death metal. I mean, that, that's really what it was because both were in bands previously. Uh, I mean, I know Jonas was in uh, Bloodbath, and I cannot remember uh, what Anders was in off the top of my head. I think I can't remember what else he was in. Anyway, doesn't matter. Started out as a studio project, started out with just some crazy fucked up death metal vocals, turned into one of the smoothest prog metal uh, outfits out there. I mean, they really have gone through quite a transformation throughout their years. And uh, it's a journey that I really, really enjoyed because this is, uh, if you haven't figured out, one of my all-time favorite bands. I've talked about them a million times on this podcast and how much I love them. Uh, so super stoked that we're finally getting the opportunity to, uh, in my opinion, talk about metal royalty because these guys mean a ton to me. Yeah, dude, this band definitely went on a journey, and it's it's one of those things where people still complain about about Catatonia being like, they don't really play death metal anymore. There's no more scream vocals or whatever. I mean, that was for two of eleven albums. <laughs> like, get the fuck over it. Like, the band just went smooth, and uh, they've been like this longer than they haven't been like this. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a really interesting journey to take, which uh, we're gonna take right now. Nineteen ninety three. Dance of December Souls. Eerie. Wow. Painful. Dark. <laughs> Hard to listen to, but like not in a bad way. Makes you feel yeah. dirty while you listen to it. Well, it's def- it's got a lot of doom going on, man. So yeah, it's definitely an acquired taste for a lot of people. And a lot of people will say it hasn't aged that great. And that's mainly because the vocals are really fucked up on this. I mean, the dude just, Jonas just tore himself up on this album quite literally like hurt himself physically producing what you hear what you have with dance of december souls is a death doom metal album basically incorporates a lot of clean vocals with a lot of like as jeff described just disgustingly rough uh blackened death metal type vocals over this like slow grind and uh but what i like about this record even on this one it is very very atmospheric and eerie sounding and almost a little bit psychedelic in places it has a very unique atmosphere about it that makes it wholly unique on its own and it's true that they never really released anything i mean because even their next record doesn't really sound like this one this was a very interesting um debut for the band because i hear the death doom but but my dying bride this is not um this is this is much more um i don't know how to explain it. it's just a lot of the death doom from the early 90s that i heard just would kind of follow this trope of just playing like super super heavy riffs super slow and maybe throwing a fucking violin in there for good measure. But uh, with Catatonia, this record is is loved so much by fans because this is a doom. This is a death doom album where all the songs sound different from one another, and they all kind of have their own kind of unique attributes to them. And so it's definitely it's definitely an album that like you can't you can't overlook. It is wholly unique in that they've never done anything else like this for the rest of yeah, their career. Yeah, that's very true. And one of the things that Catatonia really strives for is to encapsulate each individual song. They really want like each song to tell a story. 
and that's one thing that I think they do fantastically well is that uh, there's you feel like uh, on most of their songs there's like a beginning and an end. Uh, sometimes the metal just depends on how long they meander uh, earlier earlier in their career, but it's just it's about as I don't know it's the most probably some of the most brutal vocals I've ever heard because the guy literally was quite he was literally beating the shit out of his voice while he was doing it. I mean it's really fucking brutal listening to this guy. It, you kind of there's certain parts of this album where you just kind of wince because you're like, fuck, that had to hurt. And the proper is, technique yep. is a thing. Yeah, yeah. I was like, nope, yep, that definitely fucking hurt because <laughs> he was feeling it uh, in in the very wrong ways. But it is just so, even though even when it's like slow and dirgy, it's still uh, driven. You feel like there's something behind it, you know, that keeps the momentum going. Because a lot of times when you get to this type of music, you're like, okay. It is minute number nine, and we're still going. Like, what the fuck's happening here? And I really don't get that vibe with Catatonia. And I think that was part of my initial, you know, draw to these guys is that they were able to make it work. And I think a lot of it's because they were coming from a different background of different types of music. And like, you know what? We have a passion for this. Let's try it and see what we get. And it's worked great. You said this was a studio project first? Yeah. What just else were they doing? Yeah, it was just two guys. Yeah, it started out with just two guys. Well, Jonas, like, I still can't remember what the fuck Anders was doing before this, but it was a, like a, Bloodbath was like a straight up death metal band. I thought Bloodbath came later. Did it? Yeah. Yeah, it did. <laughs> what the fuck was he doing before then? He wasn't Bloodbath, then what the hell was he doing? I can't even remember. Yeah, because, I mean, Bloodbath was like a super group of Swedish death metal musicians from like 1998. It's a mystery, even to us. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I mean, this was this was obviously the first thing that they had done that was notable um, that, that right. anybody had ever heard. And so the band, you know, kind of took on a life of their own, especially when you release a record like this, people are going to want to see it. And um, but I mean, unfortunately, you know, yeah, with him blowing his voice out like he did, there's really um, that that leaves kind of this weird void uh, for what they're going to do next. And uh, I believe they actually even broke up for a period of time uh, right after releasing this album. OK, so, yeah. Joe, I don't know if this, you'll have to do a little bit of working, but uh, Jonas and Anders actually, it was a, it was just a two piece project that started in 91. The duo had actually been working together since 1987, but didn't become serious until 1991. Like any good romantic relationship. <laughs> yeah. So in other words, the shit they were doing beforehand, uh, they were just doing together, just dicking around in the studio found something they liked and just started going with it talk about him losing his voice yeah the, he dude just quite literally blew his voice out uh, like serious you know injury and could not sing could not scream couldn't do anything so for their second album they actually had to uh re do a recruitment and bring in another vocalist who becomes super famous later on because he happens to be in another band that we've talked about recently and that's opeth and michael ackerfeld is who is the lead singer for their second album 1996 brave murder day this record absolutely fucking blew me away the first time i heard it um the death doom is pretty much gone here like don't get me wrong they've still got michael ackerfeld screaming over it but this is not slow meandery death doom metal at all this is much closer to what catatonia would start playing later on in their career they just have a dude screaming over it um uh, that that's kind of most of the difference this is this exactly. is very melodic and very uh it's very melodic but it's also very catatonia heavy which as we kind of go into this you'll kind of understand what i mean 
Um, it's not that they're super brutal. It's actually quite melodic and kind of, kind of nice to listen to. Um, almost like chill. Like they're not, they don't play anything like breakneck speed. They don't do any of the stuff that you would expect like a death metal band to do. Um, these are, these are kind of like almost more, almost have kind of like a rock tempo to them. Uh, but they still have the screaming vocals in there because that's what you did when you were a Swedish metal band in 1996. <laughs> you know, uh, that's just that, that was part of the Swedish sound was we're going to make melodic, beautiful music, but we're going to have a super harsh singer over it and create this kind of contrast. Um, and it works really, really well here. Um, it, and it, it does like musically, this is just super melodic and just really great. And actually, um, uh, Jonas sings, uh, on at least one track on this one. Yeah. Track three, I think it is. Yeah. And he, he sounds kind of rough. I'm not going to lie because he was just still kind of recovering from blowing his voice out. Yeah. I mean, and he does offer, uh, he does do the backing vocals on this, but they're, yeah. they're not the hottest things in the world. Uh, the one thing about Catatonia that I find that I like, why I like them so much, and it starts really with this album, uh, is the fact that they they can be slow and still be just nice and heavy at the same time. And that's why I like them so much is I don't, not everything has to be a breakneck speed, you know? It's okay to have, you know, a time where you slow it down a little bit. And instead of looking at these guys like this, like crazy fast, you know, loud muscle car, these guys are like a huge like dump truck of doom. I don't know. Dump you know, truck just, of doom. That is not yeah. how I would respect. That's not how I, I would disagree, sir. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, you know, it's just big. It's heavy. It's slow. But fuck, is it powerful? That's it, what it is very powerful, them. but I don't think it's powerful like in a doom metal way. I, I don't no. think that really Catatonia has ever truly been a doom band. I don't mean it as in doom metal. I'm just saying a Oh, dump truck of death is that better no i'm just like this big ass fucking dump truck and just you know I, that's all i'm trying to do it's just that you know instead of like a that super fast muscle car they're just this huge big ass truck of just of unstoppable force that's what i like about them is that it's just it's just that it's never ending it is never ending that's that's for certain um this is this is very intense and it is Definitely, as Jeff brought up early on, it's a vibe record. It's kind of one of their first vibe records. Um, you have a specific feeling, usually a feeling of depression. Um, but I promise you that if this record depresses you, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets any better. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because <laughs> this is actually one of the more positive sounding uh, Catatonia records. Yeah, depression, loneliness, you know, those are, they, they hit on that stuff an awful lot within their music. Uh, but it's not all true. I mean, they, there's plenty of fiction that they're using because uh, he doesn't want to get too personal because uh, he's, he's you know afraid of burnout. He doesn't want to you know constantly using his own personal life to put the information out there because uh, you know essentially you just you bury yourself raw that that long for as many albums as they put out, you're gonna burn out. So you kind of have to protect yourself to a certain extent, and he does. And he's had you know that. Some songs are personal. Some songs are just shit made up. Yeah. Sometimes it. Sometimes it's stuff they see in the news and they they talk about what it is that they saw. I mean, so they they're all over the map. And I think that's the other reason why I like them is that um, it they don't pigeonhole themselves other than the fact that their shit tends to be depressing. Other than that, you know, the subject matter does. Uh, it's not all personal, which I do like. It always sounds like they're narrating a film 
or a story. I get the same vibe listening to Catatonia overall that I get from listening to Showbread, Anorexia Nervosa, or what Phil Collins thinks he's doing when he's singing over the movie that I'm watching. Lion King. Elton John, sir. Oh, is that Elton John? Which one is is Tarzan? Sorry, Tarzan. Congratulations. You've redeemed yourself. But I like what Catatonia is doing because it can fit into what I'm doing with my day. So if I'm working, I can listen to Catatonia. It was really easy to listen to these records this week, but it was also interesting to pay attention. And I'm definitely in agreement with both of you. It's not going to get good before it gets good. 1998, Discouraged Ones. Oh, real quick, 12. The song 12. It's it's a must listen. That's all I got to say. It's really fucking long. It's like eight minutes, but it's worth the eight minutes. Sorry. Okay. Discouraged one is a huge departure, uh, even from the even from the uh, Brave Murder Day sound. First of all, all the screaming vocals are gone, and if you have a problem with that, you're gonna have a bad time going forward. <laughs> um, they're they're done. They're done. They're done with the harsh vocals. Um, and normally, this is where I'd say, oh, but the music hasn't changed all that much. This record, I actually think, is an exception, whereas these songs are not nearly as complex as the as the songs that they put out on their previous two releases. They go for a much more straightforward, dark rock sound on this record. And uh, it's actually one of my favorites because of that. Like, it's very, very straightforward. It's a no bullshit uh, type of record. It's more simplistic. It's more to the point. But the vocal, the clean vocal delivery is very emotional. It is definitely not his best singing voice. We're yet to get there. Uh, he relies a lot on like doubled harmonies and, and things like that to kind of get through the songs. Uh, better singer than I am, uh, but it is one of those things where it is noticeable on this record, but it actually works to its advantage because he sounds super, super depressed, and this is a very depressing record. Um, it is yeah. one of their dirgiest without actually being like doom metal. The interesting thing the because he like you said he has not figured out the, the clean vocal stylings that he's looking for that he eventually settles on and this one i got a lot of robert smith a lot of like new wave uh like yeah a lot of the cure i mean that's really what i i felt when i was listening to this a lot of echo and the bunny men that kind of feel that's what i got from his vocals on this and i love that kind of music so it was really easy for me to to make that transition in the in this progression worked perfectly fine for me. The actual performances far outweigh the sonic qualities of the record. This definitely sounds like a studio project that two people were working on and they were doing everything, including recording the songs and mixing. And it just sounds like 1998 if what you had was a 16-track recorder and you did your best. It's also very telling of what you're going to get because the musical performances are there. Everything is there. It just doesn't have the budget that it needs to sound like what Catatonia will become. Yeah, interesting note, the vocal production is actually done by uh, Michael Ackerfeld. Yeah, yeah, they kind of retained him, you know, uh, for that. And uh, it's cool. It's, it's kind of frustrating because I love this record so much. I do wish that the vocals were a little bit better. But they're not bad. Like, and yeah, like you said, it's very The Cure. 
it's exactly what a lot of the quote unquote gothic metal bands were doing at the time. Um, so, I mean, it, it kind of matches up to that, but like, I would be hard pressed to even call this metal. Like if you listen to the drums on this record, it's just, it's very, very, very just straightforward rock drums. Yeah. It's almost like it was purposely simplistic. Yeah. It almost sounds programmed. Like, um, there's not a whole lot going on here, but how can you, what can you really do over songs like this that are, that are kind of this, uh, more riff oriented songs but there's really not a lot of riff changes like you've heard the first 30 seconds of a song you've heard the rest of it yeah it's rather melancholy i felt that on a lot of this album but i like it because it's probably the most uniquely different catatonia album out of the whole catalog yeah because if they had just if they had just stuck to this wallowing in your own shit stuff the rest of the time (laughs) i'd have been done five albums in yeah luckily they don't do that they did not yeah 1999 tonight's decision (laughs) To let Jeff talk about Catatonia is not a decision we are going to regret because it's getting a little better, guys. Just a little bit. Not quite there yet. Yeah, we're we're definitely seeing a little bit of progression. We're we're not quite to where we would say, quote unquote, it's Jeff's Catatonia, but we're getting much closer uh, to that sweet spot that I love with them. The guitars still sound like garbage, but... The drums are definitely getting a little more attention. So it sounds like somebody is improving. I don't know who to blame, but somebody's getting better at creating the sound. I don't know. I, this is when I really started starting enjoying the vocals because uh, they really started working their way towards it. And it's mainly because you're starting to get layered Jonas's. You know, what's funny is that I, I bitched on Blind Guardian. I didn't like the uh, that chorus of the same vocals but for whatever reason layered vocals for Jonas is magic for me and it really starts on this album this is when you really start to vocally and sonically start to get more of a feel of what they are can we really say it's a studio project and not two guys that have access to a studio because it sounds like we're getting these records as quickly as they're putting them together so 1993 1996 that gap makes sense. Dude blew his voice out. 96, 98, 99. You know, we're going to get very quick releases and they're full records and they all sound distinctly better. So to me, it sounds like we're just spending time in the studio writing. We're not getting their garbage. It's not like we're getting everything that they write and it sounds bad, but these are the B-sides and it's a year later. The band is actually putting together these records. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to how how much they have gone through, um, how quickly they're able to put stuff out. I don't know if they just weren't touring at this point in time, and they were just studio rats and were just full of good ideas. I know the further they got into uh, their career, they started getting uh, a lot of writer's block, and Jonas would just write down like random ideas that he thought would make good um, song premises and, and just bounce it off of Anders because the two of them worked, you know, Anders generally writes the music and Jonas does the lyrics and it was just um, for a while there, they were just mowing through everything and it's like they just had a ton of ideas and just, you know, change, 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 change and it was nonstop. But this is when they really started to I would say hit their groove. This is when you you're uh, starting to see the real 
quote unquote modern catatonia is on this album yeah it definitely moves forward from the last one which was uh, a little bit discouraging no pun intending um it's just uh this is just a little bit more energetic and not not really energetic that's a really bad word to use because this is really fucking dark as well uh but the songs are more complex there there there's a little bit more going on uh with the drums there's a little bit the vocals are a little bit better um it's a it's a stepping stone but this is this is where the real catatonia starts to kind of emerge uh more more clearly than what we had seen before and uh and overall i like it uh this one's really 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 depressing though um <laughs> it takes them a while to get kind of past that just like real depression yeah we were talking about while uh the the wall of Jonas's in this one and how that starts to become a, a standard for them and how much i like it with catatonia and how much i can't stand it in blind guardian it's really interesting it's on, just because I, you have bad taste in music jeff <laughs> <laughs> I could have answered I, that for you already. You're welcome. So you're saying that it's terrible with Catatonia? No, I mean it's fine. I don't really care about stuff like that. As long as it sounds good, I'm I'm into it. Well, see, to me it didn't sound good. I'm just saying it's it's just interesting how an individual, me in this instance, loves it on one band. Another band is doing multiple layered vocals from the same individual in a different brand band, and I don't like it there. I just it's just interesting on on how fickle people are. That's that's all I was just trying to point out. Yep, people indeed are fickle. Myself, probably the worst about it. <laughs> it just frustrates people to no end. But uh, you know, yeah, this was th- this was a good release. But again, they're still not like a hundred percent there yet. Two thousand and one, last fair deal gone down. The actual last fair deal, like literally the last fair deal, just just yep. gone. So this is when they, I think they start to get a little bit more. Uh, Maybe not here, but they're getting more of the mainstream, quote unquote, rock interest in them. Because I know Tear Gas was pretty popular. That was a real popular song from this album. And I think Sulphur got got some airplay as well. But they weren't quite, they're still working their way towards it. They're not 100% there yet as far as uh, what we're expecting. But this is a continuation, I guess is probably the best way to put that. I think they're a fair bit heavier on this record uh, than they were on the last. Not enough for me to call it metal. It's just not really quite there. But um, I do think that like the vocals are much stronger and much more diverse on this record. Um, they, yeah, they, they, tell, they he's they, getting comfortable. They have actual dynamics. Whereas I kind of felt like on the last two records, his vocals were just kind of this one sound dirge. And here he's he's really starting to shine and really starting to kind of break through the songs. And there's just a little bit more positivity on this record. The riffs feel good to listen to versus, you know, like, oh, shit, here we go again. You know, right. It doesn't sound like mainstream rock to me, or at least not mainstream rock in this country. It has that harder rock alternative sound that some bands that were not as popular as others but maybe got a record deal and so they got pushed on the new release stand the one that came to mind the most sonically was pulse ultra when i listen to the guitars and the drums and the way that they're put together it has that harsh overdriven sound less rock more trying to be alternative and bring in other references and other influences to the music, but it's still Catatonia doing what Catatonia does. Essentially, it's two guys jamming on what I assume is guitars and drums and one guy singing, and when they're done, they have a song. 
Well, we're actually, I think we're in a period where they actually have a uh, pretty consistent lineup. I know there was, um, I think, is this when they, they had like four albums in a row where they had the same the same members, I'm thinking. Yeah, it is. Uh, the last the last fair deal gone down. This is where you start to see consistency. It's not just a couple of dudes doing it. it, it this is actually four members, you know, putting in the hours. It's not just a couple of dudes in a, in a studio anymore. So that cure comparison that you made earlier may be more accurate than we realize. Yeah. But yeah, this is, it's starting to get smoother. It's starting to get cleaner. They're getting tighter as a group uh, because they're starting to get some consistency. Uh, it's a good album, uh, but it, it's more of a, a progression slash transitional into uh, the next album, uh, which in my opinion is starts their greatness. Uh, and that's Viva Emptiness. 2003. This is where the shit actually really starts getting good. Yeah, this is the first album uh, where it is modern day Catatonia. Starts on Viva Emptiness. This uh, is the first time it actually sounds like a full band. Well, this is the second album that uh, the quartet has put together. So yeah, it, they're pretty tight at this point in time. Uh, they're it's the really the first time that they're because there were so many turnovers uh outside of johan and anders uh on the previous albums this is the first time where you're bringing in the same dudes that were on the previous album so yeah it there is definitely a tightness uh, they've hit their groove so to speak uh the one thing that uh and there's a lot of great songs on here but the one that really just is fucking perfect for me is Omerta. And I don't know if do you guys know the meaning behind Omerta? Because that's actually it's a it's a thing about um uh, brotherhood and not selling your your dudes out. It's it's actually I, I think it's a, is most is bloop is most closely associated with like gang activity, but that's not the only thing that it's about. It's just about not, you know, like bros before hoes. I know it's, that's a horrible saying. But that's kind of what this that song is about. It's about brotherhood and how important it is and not uh, selling out your your brother. Uh, and I, I think that's kind of a cool kind of a cool feeling. And it's rather even though it's an ominous subject, it's a rather uplifting song, uh, musically speaking. I feel like they heavied it up more on this record. Like they weren't as afraid to go like play some kind of crunchier stuff. But it's also done in the catatonia way, so it's all sheened down to like a perfect. Uh, uh, a perfect uh, chrome almost in a way and i i think that like the dynamics that the band shows off now are in such contrast to their older material whereas the, their stuff was like yeah it's a dirge that's the catatonia sound don't you get it you know and uh but now now they are going they're they're delivering a huge range of sounds uh on each record and dude's vocals have come like a million miles uh, yeah, they're from so where they used to point. be. Yeah, yeah. That the one thing that they do, uh, they provide. This is the album that really starts providing the atmosphere. So yes, this is the band that really started, quote unquote, Jeff's atmosphere. <laughs> it's it started on Viva Emptiness. No, no shit. I mean, this is the album that really started that for me. Do I get to say it then? Yeah, absolutely, dude. You are now entering Jeffrey's atmosphere. The layering, the wall of sound, uh, it's everything is filled. It, it, there's no like real gaps. And I think that's why I love it so much. It's just so smooth. And 
like when I talk about vibes, I mean, God, this album just it's the perfect one for that. It just it they they discovered something that worked well for them. And in this instance, they most definitely stuck with it because God has it worked great for them. This is such a smooth album. Yes, it you know, at points it's heavier, but the progression from start to finish, that's why one of the reasons why I love Catatonia is starting on this album especially and moving forward it's so easy to go cover to cover on their albums i love it love it love it love it for album listeners that are into more of the proggy type of rock this this group is <laughs> right up your your alley it's not the most you know crazy technical things but it's it just exudes I don't know, a melancholy smoothness to it. It just works for me. If if I'm ever, you know, just kind of needing to chillax for a little bit and just kind of be a little introspective, they're a great band for that. They're a great concentration band. That's the thing that I've noticed. I was able to get a lot of work done quickly despite the music being a little bit slower than what I'm used to. Because, like, I'm used to, like, you know, coming in and, you know, hate breed all day. <laughs> you know? And I get I get some shit done when I'm doing that. Um, but this morning, I did a bunch of yard work in the same amount of time listening to Catatonia. Uh, but it's not because I was listening to this record. I think that... I think that uh viva emptiness is amazing but the great cold distance is better oh well yeah of course i i think it <laughs> i mean it absolutely takes the cake for me oh it's by far their best album in my opinion my favorite song is on this album so it, it's one of my all-time favorite songs not just my favorite catatonia song one of my all-time favorite songs is on the next album is it time? Oh, it's time. It's time. We're going the distance. <laughs> the great cold distance, 2006. We're going for slow speed. <laughs> because Jeff is going to take all night. I'm going to go grab a beer. I love the genre tag on this. Shoegaze metal. That's the first time I've ever heard that term used <laughs> in reference to a band that I would want to listen to. Um, I mean, this, this comes off so heavy and i know everybody's like stop saying the catatonia is heavy they're not heavy they are heavy but just in a different more non-traditional sort of way i mean leaders is one of the heaviest catatonia songs that has ever come out like since the death doom albums you know like it's it's but it's it's heavier in a, like a more modern sense and it's, I, it's there's hauntingly more, heavy yeah there's more proggy shit going on and it's yeah. just fun it's yeah, like one of the first fun Catatonia records. This album is a, a perfect 10 out of 10 for me and, and has been for a long time. Certainly I, would buy I, again. Yeah, and I've listened to this a lot and I have not gotten tired of it. I will say uh, Soil Song is... Top notch. It, it is one of my all-time favorite songs. You know, it, it's just unbelievable. Leaders, my twin... Deliberation. I mean, there's all kinds of just great fucking shit on this album. But whenever, uh, whenever he he says evacuate, and then the guitars kick in. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! It's so fucking good. Evacuate. A simple here. Soil song in your throat. God damn! I listened to fucking lyrics. <laughs> And that's the funny thing with this band. When I was listening through, I really didn't. Really? It's so weird that we're going on. I know. Directions. I was I was locked into the vibe more than anything else on this record. Have on we these discovered records. the true Jeff band? Oh, it, it is. I, I mean, it's 
Are you stranded on an island? You know, they're one of the first bands I'm taking with me. Even that scream on Leaders, I was completely, like, not ready for. Yeah. I hadn't heard a scream on a Catatonia record in such a long time. And don't get me wrong, it's not like a return to that sound or anything. I mean, it's it's pretty light and in the background for the most part. So I don't want anybody getting, like, you know, their scream boners, like, chubbed out too much. But, like... I do think that, like, that it, again, was them being like, hey, we're going to take a left turn here that you're not going to be expecting. The dark and gloomy works really well for this band. Whatever that Cure-influenced formula is of a bunch of dudes in a room just creating melodic music, you add some doom and gloom to it, and all of a sudden, the melody just fits in with the sound of catatonia the drums playing that straight lace groove not doing too much not doing too little the guitars balancing everything just kind of goes together and it doesn't feel the same it feels like on the last records they were trying it sounds like they were trying to fill out that sound but something didn't sound quite right and everybody wants Dance of December Souls, where it was just full-on doom metal. This is what it sounds like when you take the dark elements and give them time to shine. Yeah, this is... It's kind of like the uh, remorseful serial killer. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel on this this album. And I I don't know what it is, man. Something It's so magnetic. It just draws you in. And it's just... Um, for me, this album is such a special experience. It just, it hits you in a way that you just, it's sometimes hard to describe because there's not much out there that sounds like this that we listen to regularly. Uh, and I think that's part of what makes it so uh, so special to me is that they're able to be hauntingly beautiful and dark and mysterious and depressing and heavy and dangerous all at the same time. I mean, that's... That's a lot of emotions, you know, and a lot of feelings going on at the same time. And being able to pull that off is pretty magical. It's really, really haunting in a way that I was not expecting them to be because I go into a band like this and albums like this and I think, God, this is just going to be some tropey, wallowing in your own shit bullshit. That's what I think. And sometimes I'm into that. Like, that's what I want. So like, I'll keep listening. Uh, but I had listened to so many Catatonia albums that were like that beforehand that this was just like drinking a cold glass of water in the middle of a burning hot day. Like just a disgusting, muggy cicadas ringing in your ears uh, type of like St. Louis summer day. You could tell I was outside doing yard work today, right? <laughs> but this was, uh, the, yeah, it just happens to be this is the record that my wife handed me an ice cold glass of water, right? Uh, but it really does feel that way it, it is it is very refreshing and i love it i, I like i hate to say it because like i love being that guy that's like the first album's the best and they never achieved the the great heaviness <laughs> that they had you know before yeah like i mean that review that i read it's it's very spot on usually to what to what my approach is uh but like this band only gets better and this was the record that convinced me what jeff was trying to say all along the band just has a formula that works. It's definitely not unique to them, but it uniquely sounds like Catatonia. And you can just go about your day and it all fits. It eventually sounds like it's narrating your day, even when it's dark and dreary and the day's not that bad. But man, this background music is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Like this is this was just awesome. 
It also helped that when I was listening to it and listening to a lot of the records for the last time, I had to listen to these records about three or four times uh, because one thing about Catatonia that we haven't mentioned is this is a pay attention to it band. Absolutely. Like, it's great background music, don't get me wrong. It gives you a great vibe. It does all that or whatever, right? But uh, the key to Catatonia is actually paying attention. Yeah, because I guarantee on that third time that you listen to it, you caught stuff that you're like, I didn't hear that before. Well, in the newer albums, uh, more specifically... Uh, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but not too much. So I'm not going to like spoil our format here. But like uh, the last album that they release is um, one that you have to listen to several times before you can even understand whether you like it or not. Uh, but this one is definitely the step in the right direction. And I think I really enjoyed Catatonia from this point on more so than I enjoyed Catatonia prior to this. Not that I didn't enjoy it. It's like a spectrum, right? Like, obviously, they're all still in the green category for me. But, you know, this is where it starts getting like really, really cool. Yeah, for me, I was an album before. Viva Emptiness is where it started for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying. This is this they discovered it on Viva Emptiness, uh, Viva Emptiness, but the Great Cult Distance is where they perfected it, and it is it's it's a magical album. Uh, and it's I don't know, it's probably not for everybody. Some people will probably listen to this and think, "What the fuck is Jeff talking about?" It's just some really slow, depressing, boring shit. I don't know, but it, it, there's just so much nuance in their music, and, and like like Dan said, you know, there's. Yes, it, it. I do like the vibe, and because I've listened to it so much, I don't always have to be a critical listener when I'm listening to their music. But there's so much there for the critical listener that just kind of sneaks its way in uh, that you wouldn't think that something that's this slow and seemingly simplistic would have for you. But there's a lot layered into that, it, so it's 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 deceptive on, on how it, it kind of pulls you in. And you discover that there's a lot more nuance than what you originally thought there would be. And that's that's part of the, for me, part of the brilliance of Catatonia, especially uh, uh, it, there's some on Viva Emptiness, but the Great Cold Divide moving forward. But there's just a lot of that nuance that it makes it deceptively co almost complex because there's just a lot of... It's a wall of sound, but it's a slow moving wall of sound. And that's, uh, I love that. I, it just, uh, it, it just scratches that itch for me, man. I don't know. I'm, I just, I love this album. You could tell it, how much we love this band because everything that we say sounds like a final thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth mentioning too, that this is the seventh record and this is the first time it really sounds like the band found their sound. They were trying different pieces of this up until now, but this is what Catatonia is when I think of Catatonia. Yeah. The, uh, I guess, you know, it, it does have a bit of a shoe. You know that I'm thinking about it. Shoegaze would probably be a decent, uh, I wouldn't go that far. I think sometimes no, people no, mix atmospheric with shoegaze like Starfire 59. This is not. No, no, I, I'm just saying, but I'm just saying the elements of shoegaze that's in there. I mean, it's definitely there now that I'm thinking about it because I never really pay attention to that. But uh, I will say this. One of my favorite producers is on this besides Catatonia being in it. But uh, uh, Jens Bogren, who's done, I don't know, everybody. 
and this recorded was, everybody. Don't say don't say has done everybody. Come on, <laughs> recorded everybody, and he started his first because uh, he actually did it on Viva. He was also on Viva Emptiness, I believe. Yeah, and that was the first album he did was Viva Emptiness, and he also did like Ghost Reveries, you know, for Opeth. So I mean, he's done stabbing the drama. God with, damn it, triggered. <laughs> yeah, story, well, stabbing the drama with soil work, fucking great shit. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, Paradise Lost with Symphony X, Watershed with Opeth. I mean, the dude's done Paradise Lost. Man, you know, what are we gonna talk about? Soil work. Oh wait, we did. Swallow the sun. I mean, the dude is just. I, I could go on and on. The dude's fucking great. Anyway, <laughs> but he had, you know, him and the band must have had some some sort of vision. And they just made it work. You know, they they found it, they discovered it on Viva Emptiness and perfected it on this. It, it, love it, love it, love it. 10 out of 10. I'd buy it over and over and over and over and over again. I think up next we have probably the most catatonia name of an album ever. Night is the New Day. <laughs> 2009. Night cannot be day, sir. <laughs> so, uh, great album, but it's... It's the same problem that you're always going to have when you come after something as seminal as the Great Cold Divide. It's just not going to match up. This uh, just didn't do it for me as much. It's not that it's a bad album. Uh, it's a great album. It's just that uh, Great Cold Distance was their greatest album. But they come you know, just amazingly out of the gate with Forsaker. They're at Wall of Vocals on that is God, just just removes the stress for me and it's heavier too oh, it's super heavy like it's almost genty in places yes it is and that i that's just not something i was ever expecting to hear from them i feel like there might be some people that are like oh they're bringing back the old doom metal sound or whatever but it really they're not it's just they're adding more and more to the atmosphere by adding gravity to each situation and by gravity i mean gravity blasts slow ones but they're there they're there right you know you know what made me think as like bands like sleep token i think they got their feel from this song i really do yeah totally just that whole like slow moving forward if you want to describe it as a moving vehicle i would say this sounds more like uh a slow moving tank and every couple of every couple of seconds it it rolls over a landmine and you get those explosions the doom 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 and then it's quiet for a while, but then before you know it, you're back hitting those landmines with your tank. I think that's... But it keeps moving forward no matter what. Absolutely. That's so, cool so this is more of an ATST situation? I mean, I guess I could see an ATST, especially considering the speed. No, 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 no. You said ATST. I'm thinking ATAT. -AT. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's an at-at. At-at. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the ATST wouldn't be moving fast enough. Or no, no I'm sorry. The, the ATST the AT, is... You're right. You're right. The ATST would not be moving slow enough. Yeah, it'd be a little bit faster. Enough. Yeah. Yeah, you have to have something gigantic like that. Like, you have to have your all-terrain... Wait, hold on. What is All-terrain assault transport is the ATAT. -AT? Well done, sir. Thank you. John Thank Drake you. approves. Hey. Good. He should listen to more Catatonia. But yes. I do think that, <laughs> like, this is absolutely um, not as... Uh, I don't know. It's. I don't think it's as good as the last album, but I think it's still really fucking good. Yes. And this one did really, really well with the critics as well. You know, th this was kind of a critical darling. Um, and I think this is kind of the part of their career where people really started to hardcore paying attention to Catatonia. Um, not just uh, like like not just in Sweden, but the worldwide. Yeah, they um, just it's so good. I mean, 
like I said, I love Forsaker, The Longest Year, Liberation. I mean, there's so many good songs on this, too. This is another one that it's easy to listen to cover to cover. It's just not quite as smooth as The Great Cold Divide. But I love the fact that they're bringing in like some some more like synthy elements occasionally on this one, too. You know, they do enough to make you interested and still tell that it's Catatonia. This is definitely a heavier album than The Great Cold Divide is. There's no question about that. You disagree? No, I think that's why it was such a breakthrough, I think, for critics. Because, you know, you could send this off to metal magazines and they're not going to be like they would have been on previous Catatonia albums with kind of a what the hell is this, you know, sort of reaction. Because I think I think the heavier the heavier shit on this record really helped push it more to dudes like me that are like, yeah, I like your I like your slow atmosphere stuff. But uh, let's be real. I'm a guy that just likes to hear heavy riffs. So I I need that, you know, Uh, and I get that 100%. And and I think I think it's awesome. I think it's a great addition to the sound. And I'm glad they really don't lose it. It it, it kind of it's so weird seeing a band like this where heavy riffs was the initial basis of their sound. And then over the course of several albums, they weave it out of their sound. And then here we are later on where they're starting to weave it back in. (laughs) Right. You know, it's it's very strange. But like weave is a good word because it's not um, like it's a it's not in prominence and it's not jarring it just kind of works and meshes its way into the rest of the fabric of what their music is well yeah because they're not doing like what paradise lost did where they went like super soft like this for a while and then suddenly one day they just go back to being a fucking death doom band (laughs) and you're like whoa like what happened here like it just kind of it kind of blew me away but uh but I mean, I'm I'm totally. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love Paradise Lost, but uh, specifically for that. Like if Catatonia did this, I'd still be like fucking right, you know. But <laughs> but I'm but I'm fine with this, you know. And I, I think that uh, I think that the progressive elements are really playing a lot into this too, because you have a band that's progressive, but they keep all of their kind of kind of their normal Catatonia shit in there as well. And uh, it's not shit. That sounds like I'm dumping on it, but they're still very much themselves while continuing to weave new elements into their sound. And they weaved an old element into their sound and made it sound like it was a new element. And like, that's that's so crazy. And it's hard for me to wrap my head around. But I mean, here we are. It gets even better. Yeah, it does. We go on. 2012 Dead End Kings. Another masterpiece, magical album. And they got a shit ton of new fans on this album. This was a huge breakthrough for the band. Big time. I remember uh, I remember Buddy telling me about this awesome band called Catatonia. And I was like, oh, I know Catatonia, you know. Uh, but I think at that time, the only album I'd ever heard by them was Brave Murder Day. Uh, so when <laughs> I listened to this, I was kind of like, uh, oh, OK, OK, um, sure. Uh, but it grew on me. It was it was good enough alone. I just like I listened to it and I was like, okay, let's just tell myself it's been a billion years and this is a different band, even though they are still very much the same primary songwriters. Uh, but it, I love this. I love this record. Um, it actually sound okay. Is it just me or does this record sound a little bit like Tool? Like just a hair. Tool circa what year? Lateralis. I don't know. I don't mean it's not a straight one to one. No, I. I understand what you're saying. I, I, the vibe is not similar enough. I, I don't get it personally, but that's mainly because I am so entrenched in Catatoniaville that 
you know, it's kind of hard for me to 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 compare them to you know and say don't they sound like I'm like no no I'm not comparing other- them to Tool I'm saying that like they, there's a little bit of similarity there I'm just well, I, I understand what you're saying but what I'm trying to get across is in I'm become such a Catatonia fanboy I view it as don't other bands sound like Catatonia <laughs> I mean that, that that's all I'm saying but no I don't quite get that on that but this is such um, such a smooth intro I mean all the way up through Racing Heart. Those first four songs are just prog rock magic. It's magical. You know, whenever you get into the chorus of the parting and you're just like, wow, that is, that's a lot of Jonas's singing. (laughs) (laughs) He sounds so good though. Like he sounds like a totally different vocalist than he used to. It's incredible. Yeah. He really has worked hard uh, and he really has improved over the years and it's so good. This album I don't know if you guys know, uh, I've listened to the shit out of it, but it's not actually technically uh, part of their, their discography. Uh, but Dethroned and Uncrowned, is a, it's alternative versions of these songs. Yeah. yeah. That they do, you know, with somewhat somewhat acoustically, somewhat with, uh, with a symphony, or I think it's actually an orchestra. But it just, I, I love the fact that they were able to change the dynamics so much that you know it's almost like they introduced new songs yeah even though they're the same damn songs the feels of a lot of the songs just completely change it's like their version they of reimagined yeah yes it's and it's so cool because it is it's so diversely different on a lot of the tracks they're like wow this is a this is not the same you know, wait no yes it is the same song you find yourself doing one of those kind of things but my god dead end kings i probably even though the great cold divide is my favorite for a while there i just had dead end kings in the cd player and i just never took it out because it was so good i just kept it in there and every drive to and from work that's what i listened to because it was that good it was one of those kind of things and that was for like like 18 months that it never came out of the cd player so yeah it is a magical album for me it's an it's another per it's another 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah, I know I'm fanboying over I'm here. I'm starting yeah. to see a trend, Jeff. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> that I like Catatonia? Oh, holy I shit, think there's so. a revelation. <laughs> so tell me more about this Catatoniaville. Is that like Pleasantville, except everybody goes to work at night and they listen to Catatonia on the drive to work and everyone is somber all the time? Yeah, because it's like Pleasantville. What's going on here? Yes, because everything in, in Catatoniaville is also black and white. <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh man because everything is muted muted colors yeah it it is another one of those hauntingly beautiful albums i i can't i can't say enough man like uh the party and the one you're looking for is not here hypnon the racing heart especially god the racing heart's so fucking good it's all good but those first four songs on this album this album are just magically special to me uh and i could listen to them all day long um if you have never all all i'm gonna say if you've never heard catatonia but you're not big into metal just listen to the racing heart it's so beautiful it's so amazing and it's not metal but it's unbelievably well-written song let's move on shall we well the hearts are about to fall even though there's a bird on the cover 2016 (laughs) the fall of hearts And it sounds so nice when it starts. It really does. It's got the most evil 
title in the world, but then it starts so pleasant. I'm starting to get yeah, that Totonyaville vibe thing again, where they're trying to fuck with me now. Yeah, Takeover is a very pretty song, and there's no question about it. But you can say that about a lot of their stuff. Serene uh, is another one that's actually that one got a lot of airplay, but they're all beautiful. And that's what makes it great for me. I don't know. I can't I can't complain. I, I feel lucky that uh, I'm part of the masses that actually knows who Catatonia is and has gotten to enjoy them over the decades. It's just it's so cool. They're such a great band. Well, you don't have to complain. That's what you have me for. Uh, I like this record. I think it's awesome. I think it's another 10 out of 10 release. Yada, 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 yada. It's too fucking long. I mean, cut cut three songs off of this, man. It, it, coming in at almost 70 minutes. Um, I like the material on the record, but it does become a snooze fest for me once I hit like track nine. I, I, I can understand that. I don't think but- there's anything wrong with it. It's just uh, It's just too much. <laughs> and uh, I know I complain about that a lot uh, with, with some of these bands. I, again, I think it's awesome. I think they did a great job, and I think it's a masterpiece and all that good shit. Uh, but it's not something that I can really that I really have time to sit down and listen to for sixty seven minutes. Well, one of the things that's like that... almost the whole Code Orange discography. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I will say, and, and I do it a lot actually. Uh, I go to sleep with catatonia. I mean, if I'm having you heard it you here, know, folks. Yeah, if I'm having you know like a stressful, anxiety-filled day, and I need to get to sleep and I need to relax, I'm okay falling asleep to catatonia. I don't view that as a negative connotation to their music uh, because I think that's partly what they're looking for is you know to kind of edge on that dream state. That's what their music kind of puts you into. Uh, it kind of takes you. Out out of your physical being and uh so yeah drifting off is perfectly acceptable to me while listening to catatonia i've done it hundreds upon hundreds of times over the years and i would uh i'd say that that's actually in one of the few instances where i'll say that it's a compliment that it makes you want to go to sleep but you're right it's 112 minutes you know that's probably about 20 minutes too long uh i'd like most of my albums to be about 45 to 55 minutes uh at the longest is 55 so i I totally get it It, it, there's a (laughs) there's a lot going on here for a long time this is honestly the first time it sounded like more songs by catatonia i get it they have a vibe they have a feeling they have a compositional style but there's that moment in the discography where it just sounds like they're playing songs for the sake of playing songs and maybe that's unfair but this record just sounds like more songs to me. They're very good songs. I like the record. Yes, it goes on a little long, but I didn't feel the same impact that I got from the Dead End Kings or Night is the New Day or even going back to Last Fair Deal Going Down. So maybe Catatonia's hit their mark and they're just sticking with it. I think that's accurate. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of change coming this year for 2020. Jeff wants uh, to talk about the city burials. But I mean, overall, yeah. <laughs> but overall, yeah. I mean, I think that Joe's right. That's a that's something I don't ever say. Uh, but <laughs> say it louder. <laughs> no, it's all right. I'll, I'm gonna. Hey guys, I think I think Joe might be, might be right about something. But I do think that, like, yeah, they they've hit their mark. I I feel like they have hit the goalpost that they were trying to hit. Yeah, if I will say this, and, and I will be in agreements, this is probably uh, the weakest release we've heard in several releases. 
personally. Uh, and I, I felt that way whenever the album first came out. I think, what was it, 2016 that came out, I think. Uh, I was kind of, I have to admit, I ended up going back and listening to Dead and Kings. I, I really did. Because uh, I was like, ah, this is not exactly what I was looking for. Uh, but that's also because that's, you know, one of the songs on Dead End Kings. But <laughs> besides the point, yeah, it is, it's good, uh, but it just happens to be surrounded by much greater titles. That's all. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I just think it's a little bit too long and uh, kind of overstays its welcome. That's really the only complaint I have with it. No, I, I actually probably had more complaints than you did. It just, uh, it just didn't, I felt a little too safe for me. Uh, it just uh, didn't hit me the way that the previous four uh, previous four releases did. It's not that it was a bad release. It just wasn't as good as those. But I think they hit their stride the album after again. 2020 City Burials. All right, go ahead. So with this record, we get a little bit more focused Catatonia again. This is still progressive rock, but it's not like an 80 minute, the holy shit fest. Like, I mean, it is again, it's still very much catatonia, but they've kind of stripped their sound down a little bit more. They throw in a little bit more metal riffs here and there. Um, and it's not even that I think that they're like treading water because I think that the, I think that the material is very good. And this is a record I had to really pay attention to because the first time I heard it, I did not like it. The, uh, really? yeah, the, the vocal melodies just didn't do it for me. I had to listen three or four times before I really kind of started to get it, uh, which I will count as a negative point because I just don't feel like I should have to do that much work to just enjoy something. Um, but once I did get it, I found a lot, I found a lot to like, uh, especially, especially in the vocal melodies. Um, the music is on par, if not better than the last record. Um, and the songwriting seems to be much more honed in than it was before. Yeah. I was going to say, I actually thought that he, he stretched his vocal capabilities and pushed because he really has like a pocket, like just like one octave the dude tends to just stay in when he's in his chest voice and he really i felt like he really pushed to get uh additional you know an additional sound uh out of his voice uh in his chest voice and you can actually tell where he starts to strain and he's at the top of his range and he you know he was pushing himself is what i felt like and it the guitars are definitely i think considerably more complex on this album uh than they have been uh, I mean, you really, they set the tone on hard set to divide coming right out of the box that way. You know, Lacquer, I think, is probably the most popular song so far on here. And it's good, but I really like hard set to divide personally. And Lacquer has got more of a uh, electronic kind of vibe going on. I know. I was it, like, oh, are they going to do like what Anathema did? Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, start going electronic. Yeah, so I, I kind of dug that the fact you know that they're trying they're they're still you know solidly catatonia, but they're bringing in certain elements to as Dan said earlier to weave in. The fabric is still catatonia, but they're bringing it in you know some special elements. And I really like on Lacquer where he pushes himself on his vocals though, because he really. Uh, you can tell he's trying really hard uh, and it, it really kind of brings across a different type of emotion than we're used to hearing from Catatonia. So I really dig that in his voice. Now that he's not doing that, you know, we're so far removed from what he did, you know, 20 plus years later, he's now just so silky smooth and he, he's just, and I've, I've heard him live. He's that silky smooth live. It's, it's pretty fucking cool. Actually add that to the list of Opeth comparisons. 
I think this is better than the previous record. I think this is on par with the best Catatonia record, but I'm worried that it's just the newest album by the band and I'm suffering from lack of exposure to it, but it's still a good record. It still has that Catatonia feel, that dark sound. The melody is there. Everything about it is exactly what you're looking for when you're listening to Catatonia. And it pulls you in and it narrates everything going on around you. And that is a good thing because you can get lost in this music again. And then they all died. Yep. Final thoughts on Catatonia. I think Catatonia is an extremely underrated band. There are so many bands that are cited as the best that everyone complains about because they stopped playing this kind of dark metal. They stopped playing death metal. They stopped playing doom. We mentioned it on the November's Doom episode. If you're not a fan of where Opeth went, why aren't you listening to November's Doom? If you're a fan of the melodic type of dark sounding music that Opeth created, you definitely should be listening to Catatonia because it's better. You can listen to it and get something out of it, or you can let it play, and it can take over the atmosphere around you. That is something very unique to the band. It's very special about that band, and it absolutely is what all of the progressive rock fans keep telling me about their favorite band. I've listened to Pink Floyd. I don't think Pink Floyd can just be there in the background, but Catatonia can. They can also be the most intense, melodic, dark-sounding band that you sit and listen to and actually take in and pay attention to what they're doing. I'm listening to Catatonia now. Thank you, Jeff. And you should be, too. Dan, what about you? I think Catatonia is one of the best atmosphere bands out there. I think they have an overwhelming amount of material to the point where you may kind of struggle to figure out where to start. I definitely don't recommend starting at the beginning of the discography. Um, Not because those albums are bad. It's just that like, if you're looking for that vibe that we've been talking about, if you're chasing a vibe, uh, I would definitely start with the later material first and work your way back. Um, And you can kind of appreciate the steps that were taken. I mean, it might seem like a lot of the stuff that you like is being slowly stripped away. uh, But uh, I I think that that is a more enjoyable way to, to, uh, to experience this band. Jeff, final thoughts on Catatonia. Well, this is the band that started Jeff's atmosphere. So that should start, <laughs> that, that should tell you a lot right there in and itself. They are uh, a very special band to me. They mean, they mean a lot. They got me through a lot. I, I, I can't tell you how, how special it is that Joe feels the need to put some mood lighting on while I serenade you about my, the, you know, the, the beauty that is Catatonia. I am invoking your crimson right for you. I'm, I'm telling you though, man, this band is just, there's something about them uh, it, that just, it's very hard to put your finger on that just kind of makes you ch- chillax a little bit, even in, even if it's in a bit of a depressing way, it, that's okay. There's something incredibly special about them that just, it, you know, most bands out there just strive for and they can't find. Catatonia found it. They have it still. They've kept it. And it's it's unbelievable. It's about as silky smooth and uh, as good as it gets when it comes to... Uh, there's Catatonia for every atmosphere. That's what makes it great. You No matter what's going on, Catatonia works for you. And 
they are one of my favorite bands. They will continue to be one of my favorite bands. And I hope after this episode that uh, some of you guys can uh, get out there and appreciate the the slower, quote unquote, softer side of metal uh, because it's still dark. It's still haunting. Uh, they just do it in a different way than we traditionally expect. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I love them so much is that, that they are able to continue to uh, have the quote unquote street cred with the metal crowd while still making beautiful music. And that's, that's an amazing tightrope to be able to walk and not many bands could do it. And they're one of them. So yeah, I love these guys and I strongly recommend you check it out. Start with the, the great cold divide. Uh, you'll be sold. I'm telling you they're just amazing. Damn. What's your album of the week? My album of the week is where lovers mourn by draconian Jeff. What about you? Oh, Underneath by Code Orange. Love that fucking album. I almost gave a pop one, too. <laughs> For me, it's We Are Chaos by Marilyn Manson. Congratulations, Joe. You picked the newest record. Take us out, DFT. If you have ever been listening to this podcast and asked yourself, why in the world are these guys talking about bands that I don't care about? Well, there's a good way you can help us out with that. You have to actually tell us what bands you do care about. You can reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can send us an email at show at gmail.com. Or you can join us on our Discord server. There will be a link in the show notes that will take you right to Discord where you can talk to us pretty much anytime you want as long as we're awake. And, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of ways you can get a hold of us. So uh, it's your fault if you can't get a hold of us. Damn, dude. Yeah. And on that note, this has been Episode 189 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash Metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. 